Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. It's 105 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer joining you live from Rogers Place on National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. I already heard comments from Jay Woodcroft, Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. In the second hour of the show, assistant coach of the Saskatoon Blades, former WHL and AHL uh, player, Wacy Rabbit, will join us to uh, discuss his journey. Mark Spector coming up shortly. We'll tell you, Oilers Now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and uh, swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Why don't we give that another rip? Oilers Now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Uh, open Monday to Saturday. For the horses and horse racing, Alberta Live Thoroughbred Racing, Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Parking and admission are free. We welcome back to the show, Mark. Specter, Sportsnet Spec. Hey, Spec, how you doing? Pretty good, Bobby. How you doing? Good. So you were you were listening to the show and you heard Elliot basically having to uh, not clarify, but just educate people that somebody had claimed that Elliot had said something that he had not even remotely come uh, come close to saying. How many is this? Is like a new like? Is this starting to happen a little bit more? Here? This is because this can get a little bit dangerous, can it? Oh yeah, there's there's. I've noticed this. I saw the quote from Elliot. I don't even remember the Twitter account that it was on. The same Twitter account had uh, another very very strange quote that was never said. I'm sure from somebody who would never say such a thing. Uh, you got to be careful. We all listen. There's one thing about Twitter and social media. We know that, you know, you can't get your news from Facebook because it's not always true. But it's quite another to be out there inventing quotes from guys and putting it out there that I just listened to Elliot's podcast and here's what he said and put it in quote marks. Uh, be careful, folks. There's there's somebody out there's, there that thinks that's cool and it's not cool. There's there's a guy out there that's done it to the show before a couple times and I blocked him and then he called into the radio station to complain about being blocked. Yeah. No, no, that's no fun. I mean, you know, listen, we all do radio hits. We all write things. We talk on other guys' shows. You don't even always remember what you said. But when you see something like what what Elliot was accused of saying, you'd know if you said it. And he would never say such a thing that the the Leafs are, you know, putting together a fund to get Connor McDavid or whatever they were supposedly doing. That was just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, Speck, it's been an interesting uh, uh, training camp and start to the preseason um we're, this is gonna i guess first of all this is gonna be the first real game for a lot of the order's key players so it is an important game tonight here at rogers place oh yeah it is and, and you know more so i mean obviously each individual guy needs to get in some games here right even carter mcdavid he wants three to four preseason games to get his game together but i think as a team Right, I, I, we've watched this power play the last two games, Bob. It's there's nothing to it. There's no punch. They toss it around a little bit. One shot and the puck's gone. It, to me, 
it's the team play, the systems play, the special teams. It needs to get worked on by all the guys who are going to be doing it when the chips are down. So that, to me, is what has to happen over these last five games is that power play has got to get on the ice together a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Spec. There are a couple positional battles that are uh, taking place, so we're going to sort of work our way through it right now. We're actually going to start on defense. Uh, you know, Broberg has gotten into a couple games. Demolinen's played all three games so far. They might be competing for the same spot. Uh, I think we, we see Murray here as the number seven. We know that uh, Nurse and CeCe, Kulak and Bouchard and Barry are going to be on the team. Who have you liked between Niemelainen and Broberg so far? Well, I think you're right, Bob. Like, let's make something clear. Murray's the number seven because if he only played 38 games this year, that would be just fine with everybody. Neither Niemelainen nor Broberg is going to sit there and play 38 games as a number seven. So you're right, exactly. It's between Broberg and Niemelainen for the third pairing left shot side. To me, it's, it's going to Broberg, and this is why. Broberg has evolved to this point in his career where we're not going to judge him on five preseason games. He needs to play until mid-November, maybe Christmas, and then we're going to make a conclusion on how ready he is. I get it. If he's a complete train wreck, what I'm saying now doesn't apply. But he's been, he's been okay. He's been fine. He's not getting exploited. You know, he's not a star. He's not carrying the puck end in. I get all that. But I'm not going to look at Broberg in the preseason and say he's ready or he's not ready unless he's terrible. If he's okay, he's going to start for the team in October. He's going to get in October, November, December. I think his game will rise. If it doesn't, that's where Niemelainen comes into play for me. But to me, it's Broberg's job. Uh, and he has not lost it. And by the way, because uh, we spoke to Elliot about this, and I know you responded as well, uh, Darren Tra- uh, Drager uh, mentioned uh, that the Oilers were amongst the teams that, uh, and I forget the exact terminology used, but regarding Jacob Chikrin, that they, they may have been in and around that. i, I I got to tell you, Speck, at no point have I ever heard that Edmonton was remotely close. And frankly, I got to tell you, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense from Edmonton's perspective because they've committed to Kulak, or let's rephrase that. Kulak committed to Lem for four years because he had options. Uh, you know, they're sitting there with Nurse and Kulak on the left side. They got Broberg and Niemelein and coming. And, and there's a lot of people in this league. I, I wonder how many of these fans that all want the Oilers to give away two or three assets to get Jacob Chikrin are watching Arizona Coyotes uh, games on a consistent basis. Because, you know, I, I know he's a name out there. But anyways, what are you hearing regarding Jacob Chikrin? And would that theoretically make sense for the Oilers? Yeah. Well, two things. Jacob Chikrin, I believe his trade request went in before the start of last season. So Jacob Chikrin has been on the block, in my estimation, for, you know, whatever the number is, 16 months or something. Uh, his agent, I'm sure, like every agent, is driving, trying to drive a trade market that clearly isn't very responsive because he's, you know, he's a nice player and he's been out there a long time. Arizona wants a first-round pick and a prospect minimum. And in Edmonton's case, that prospect would be a young defenseman like Broberg. Well, the Oilers aren't going to give you Broberg for, for, uh, in a trade for Chikrin, and this is why. Okay, I get it. Oilers fans are saying, look, we're trying to win now, right? Bob, they want Chikrin because right today, Chikrin makes you better than Broberg. I get that. But you got to run a team here. Broberg, uh, Chikrin in three years as a UFA, he's making 4.5. 
Broberg is on an entry level contract. He's making eight seventy five. I'm not saying he's as good as Chikram, but he's probably every bit as good monetary value on the cap, if not better. Now we're going to play Broberg, Broberg and watch him play and watch him improve. Uh, I do not trade Broberg uh, for Chikrin in the Edmonton Oilers cap structure. I don't think it makes any sense. I don't think Chikrin is good enough, right? I don't think he's that good of a player, Bob. And I think the rest of the league's got to agree here because he's not moving. I don't think he's good enough to give up that young guy on an ELC for a player who's going to be a UFA in three years. Yeah, this is an interesting one to me, right? I mean, Spec, when you talk about the perspective, right? And you see a lot of, oh, they got to speak, they got to step up and go get. Him and I'm like, no one's got stepped up. And this guy's been out there for a while, and it's sort of somewhat similar to a position regarding Paulie Arby. Like I, I know there's there's people that are, oh, he'd score 25 goals if he's on the top line, and then he'd cost you guys five million. You know the analytics types out there, and I'm like, so he's is he going to sign a half that contract over to McDavid or Drysaddle if he gets to the 25? Because we know the value in like, and I'm not giving up on. I'm not saying. I'm trading Jesse, but what I'm telling you is you're not getting a first-round pick for Jesse Pogliarvi right now. That's just the way it is. That's the perception of the real world that deal in it. Otherwise, he might have been gone, Mark. Is that not true? Well, I think, you know, I think people out there, you have it is a market. And I know we talk about players like they're pieces of, you know, like they're cattle or their houses sure. or something, but it is a market, and they're the real estate inside of it. And, you know, I listen – I wish I could sell my condo for $850,000, but if I go out there and list it for eight fifty, I'm not selling it, Bob. I'm advertising it, right? If I want to sell it, i got to bring it down to around what people are willing to pay. And Pugliarvi is the same thing. You know, you can be on any side of the Pugliarvi argument, and, and you got every right to, and I see all the sides, and I hear all the sides, believe me. But what I am going to tell you is irrefutable is there is a player here who has been on the market for two years, and the price has gone from a first-round pick to a second-round pick, and when it was a first-round pick, Kenny Holland couldn't get it. And when the price fell to a second-round pick, he still can't get it. So that is the market irrefutably stating the value of this particular asset. You may like the asset, you may love the pictures on Instagram and all that, but that is the price of the asset, and the orders at this point are over-asking. They don't want to sell for what the market value is. They're holding on to their asset. All right, which brings us to another one of the battles that we're keeping an eye on, Mark. And really, I mean, when you look at the hot... There's sort of a perception, well, Edmonton's got to have Holloway and Broberg on the active rosters at the start of the year so they don't get stung during the year with a uh, an overage for next season if they, say, recall a guy like Dylan Holloway. And frankly, based on the meritocracy, I would say that Holloway has uh, he's played pretty well. Uh, Mark, I was in uh, Seattle and I was in Calgary, and Derek Ryan and Matthias Janmark did not hurt their cause to make the team. They looked like pros. They battled. They competed. They did what they The only thing they didn't do is they didn't score. But nobody scored, and, you know, they're going to be on the Oilers' fourth line. Uh, we saw Pugliarvi play one game. We talked about that on Tuesday. It wasn't a great game for him against Winnipeg. I hope he's in a better position tonight. He should be. He's going to play a dry settle and Hyman. But for me, the guy that's a little bit concerning that I was hoping to see more out of out of the first two games that he's played has been Warren Fogel spec. Yeah, uh, Warren Fogel. How would I say? I mean, I think we know where he's at. He is. He's a 
he hopes he can be a decent support scorer. But in the games he played recently, where he was on the Oilers' top line in those preseason games, and seeing the, you know, I guess he was probably seeing the top pairings most often. That's not who he is. I'm I'm with you. I think that Oilers fans, to an extent, Bob, for what I could see out there let the Oilers off the hook a little bit, that roster in Calgary. I get it. Calgary had a way better roster. Edmonton didn't have a top six forward or a top four defenseman in the game. I understand all that. But natural stat trick had the Oilers with one high dangerous scoring chance in that game. One in 60 minutes, right? That's where a guy like Warren Fogle, uh, even a guy like McLeod, who skated miles in that game but didn't get anything done when he got to the danger area, I expect those guys to do something. I'm with you. Give me... Give me something. Warren Fogle, I don't expect a hat trick. Warren Fogle, I know the kind of player you are, and I appreciate it. But when you're in getting first-line minutes in a preseason game, give me a couple of high-danger chances, please. Do something. and it was, Do something. It was, I mean, there was a point where uh, uh, Zadorov stepped up and took a pretty healthy run on him. He evaded the hit. I'm like, don't be afraid to two hands. It's a preseason game, buddy. <laughs> Like, don't be afraid to chop him across the wrist or give him a jab in the back of the legs. Like, you're six foot two, too. Like, and I get it. Like, Zadorov might. Fi- oh well, keep just sticking. Just don't let. Like, Luke Esposito spec tonight is getting his third preseason game in a row. You know why? Because he's playing like he's six foot one, not like he's five foot nine. And he's yep. right. He's not backing down, and he's he's you know he's he's in, he's engaged physically. So he's played more preseason games than some of the other guys that are on AHL deals. Or, you know, on NHL deals that are slated to go to the American Hockey League. And here's Esposito on an AHL deal. Like, he's the only other skater in tonight's game that's not on an NHL deal. And he's getting a third straight game, and that's because he is, you know, he's, and don't get me wrong, he's not, like, you know, last year he had 79 penalty minutes and 63 games and had 25 points. I mean, he's an American, he's a good, solid American Hockey League player, but he's trying to compete, and I think that that's part of it. Again, in a meritocracy, you need a competition, and we're watching the Oilers try to justify, um, you know, how they're going to make the, the the numbers balance themselves. A lot of people say, well, it's really easy. Just send down Derek Ryan and Devin Shore, and, yeah. and have Holloway on the active roster. Then you can bring those two guys up if they clear. Well, the problem is one of those guys has outplayed a bunch of other guys that are here, and that's that's Derek Ryan. So it's going to be really <laughs> like, like if, yeah. you know, and the coach likes him. He's a guy that took off. I mean, it is interesting, Mark. Just, just one more for you. Just, just. Yep. Name the one player who didn't really kill it under Jay Woodcroft. The one forward. Everybody else kind of spiked upwards, but there was. Okay. One, it's pretty obvious. We know who that was. Yeah. It was Paulie well, Arby, right? Paulie Arby, sure. So, yep. I, we're, I think everybody. Look, I work for the Oilers organization. Everybody would love to see. Jesse, and again, he's going to play with better, but he did play in the top line of the game against Winnipeg with McLeod and Fogle. Uh, you were in the building. You know what you saw. I know what you saw. We saw mm-hmm. the same thing. Tonight, he gets a chance to play with, you know, Leon Dreisaitl and Zach Hyman. There's a real opportunity for Paul Yarvey tonight, but there's also oh, yeah. an opportunity for Fogle tonight with McLeod and Nugent Hopkins. Well, I think the you know, I mean, listen, any guy playing on the Pugliarvi playing with Drysaddle and Hyman, I think you'll see a better game out of Pugliarvi. There'd be more opportunity. I'm not going to continue to evaluate a guy in the first preseason sure. game. It was it was a lousy game. Let's get a couple more under his belt and, and we'll go from there. Um, I think the the Nuge McLeod Fogel lines it's got some legs, 
if we're looking for Nugent Hopkins to up his points at five on five this season, that doesn't bode well. Right, McLeod is, you know, let's face it, Fogel's a, a nice skating, hard-charging guy who goes hard to the net. He doesn't, he's got bottom six hands. There's just, that's what it is. Uh, McLeod's in there right now. I think we all hope his hands will move up. I think we all hope his offensive skills will grow as the player grows. But in terms of, of speed on either side of Nuge, and Nuge has got some playmaking abilities, I don't mind that as a third line at all. I think yeah. there's something there. Two centermen as well. So uh, I'm kind of interested to see if that's how we unfold this team as we go in the regular season, Bobby. Mark, at some point, and I don't know if it's the home game against Vancouver, the road game in Abbotsford against Vancouver, the home game against Seattle, but at some point we have to see Holloway. And it didn't have to happen at the start of camp because maybe that puts too much pressure on the kid. But at some point, we have to see Holloway play with one of McDavid, Drysdale, or Nugent Hopkins. Uh, that is fair, Bob. That is fair at some point. He'll have to, you know, he'll... Let's just not force-feed him. I thought Connor McDavid was really eloquent today. And you know what? I'm, i got to say this to everybody out there. We've all listened to Connor early in his career in the last few years, and sometimes he sits on that podium, and it's not very interesting. I found a whole new different guy this year. Uh, and today I thought he was excellent. And one of the things he went on about a little bit was, you know, we're past the point where our first-round picks have to come in here and make the team and make a big impact. Now they can go back to junior. Now they can go back to the minors. And he wasn't talking about Holloway, but I love the fact that this team's going to be pretty good without Dylan Holloway on it this year if for some reason he's not on it. If he can make it, awesome. He'll be a good player. Great. But they don't need him to be there this year. Whereas in years past, it was like, if this guy can't play for us, we got nobody else on left wing. It's a good statement for where the orders are right now, Bob. Well, you know what? I just look at this, the Winnipeg series a couple of years ago, Spec, and they didn't have Hyman. They didn't have Kane. They didn't have really McLeod being the same guy that he was last year in the playoffs. Yeah. And then you factor in Holloway and how, you know, because I do think he can help the team at some point this year. Those four yep. guys compared to the team Edmonton had against Winnipeg, night and day difference up front. Yes, sir. No, they got, I, I like their team, Bob. And there's still a trade deadline to come. They've got a couple of young defensemen. We should mention that they signed that uh, that Max Warner. Out yep. of, he's a moose, moose jaw, correct? Yep. You and I watched him in Penticton, and both of us said the same thing. I kind of like this young guy. So there's another big. Is he 6'4"? Six, 6'3", six, right shot. Yeah, 6'3", yeah, right shot defenseman. There's a big crop of young guys coming on the back end. They're not in bad shape, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Beck. We'll talk on uh, – actually, you'll be with Mooner on – no, it'll, you'll be stuck with uh, – no, you'll be with Mooner on Wednesday. So okay. uh, I'm flying. Sounds fly good, man. I'm flying. All right, see <laughs> okay. you. See you later. It is 123 at Edmonton. When we come back, we'll set the stage for what the Oilers and Flames are bringing tonight in the return engagement of the preseason Battle of Alberta. You're listening to Oilers Now. Everybody, 126 in Edmonton. It's that time of the year. Hockey's here. Hey, the weather's been great uh, for a large percentage of September. It is September 30th, a day in which uh, we honor and recognize uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day in uh, Canada. We'll also tell you that it's uh, going to drop and we're hockey season's upon us and our friends at Brent Ridge Ford have inventory. How about 21 actual inventory? How about 21 new and used Ford SUVs? All have warranty. Many have subsidized interest rates. In addition, they have a number of off-make SUVs. Discounts north of 25 new and used trucks on the lot as well. 
All units are priced competitively, and of course, Brentridge also treats their customers fairly and boasts an outstanding service department. I know I'd reached out to Uncle Milt today about a, a minor little satellite issue uh, with, uh, with the F-150. Uncle Milt, Johnny Rich, and the gang will take care of all your vehicle needs. You can reach them at 782 780-352-6048. The number again is 780-352-6048. Remember, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Oilers and Flames tonight. Here we go. It's going to be Connor McDavid up front with Evander Kane and Connor Yamamoto. Leon Dreisaitl with Zach Hyman and Yessa Pugliarvi. Ryan McLeod with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Warren Fogle. Noah Philp gets his third preseason game. So does Luke Esposito with Seth Griffith, who had uh, 30 goals, 80 points, and 64 games in the AHL last year. Darnell Nurse with Cody Ceci. Brett Kulak with Evan Bouchard. Bouchard had a big offensive campaign last season. If he ends up in, you know what this means, he'll be on the first unit power play with Tyson Berry not playing tonight as well. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Philip Broberg and Ryan Murray over on the right side. Jack Campbell starts in goal. Campbell last year at the Leafs, first 23 games, had a 937 save percentage, uh, 13 goals saved above average. Last 26 games of the season for him, 893 save percentage, and uh, uh, gave up 21 more goals uh, than expected. So uh, we need the first half Jack Campbell this year in Edmonton Flames. We'll have Adam Rzichka along with Jonathan Huberto and Tyler Toffoli. Uh, they'll be on the, the top line. This is from practice yesterday or from today uh, uh, via Twitter. Uh, Rooney with Dubé and Eakin Cole Schwint, who came over in that trade with Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberto for Matthew Kachuk. Cole Schwint with Connor Zuri and PTO Scott, uh, Sonny Milano, Clark Bishop with Mitch McLean. He's an agitator. Scored 17 goals, 113 pims last year in the American Hockey League. And Walker Dewar can really scoot on the right side. Uh, Hannafin with Anderson, their top pairing. Both played over 21 minutes last year. Connor Mackey along with Maloche, uh, Mal- uh, Yuso Valamaki and Michael Stone and uh, Dan Vlader and Dustin Wolf are the goaltenders. There you have it. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Christina Drepo. And when we come back, uh, we will talk to Saskatoon Blades assistant coach, Wacey Rabbit. This is Oilers Now.